1: Welcome to the family with Packmaster Rafter Bashman
2: D.
3: Alex Brand Bernard Rasmussen.
0: Running on Fumes, Catherine Brandt.
1: Andy Brandt Bernard.
3: And Melissa Bernard.
1: And we will be right back kick things off with the family. Still got the cone of silence? Why are we whispering? Because at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan, we're having a secret sale. I have a question. If it's a secret, how do people find out about it? Yeah, see your point. Missed it by that much. Okay, here's the deal. At Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we have our sign-and-drive, not-one-dime-out-of-your-pocket lease special on a new Rogue all-wheel drive or an Altima all-wheel drive. So, it's a Walzer sign-and-drive, absolutely nothing out of pocket? Leave your checkbook, credit card, Venmo, PayPal, Everything at home. Zip. So what's the payment? That's the secret part. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or BurnsvilleNissan.com, type in KQRS in the search bar, and all shall be revealed. Seems like a lot of jacking around. Well, KQ listeners have been really good to us, so we thought this was a nice way to say thanks. Besides, winter's coming, and all-wheel drive will be really nice. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or Burnsville Nissan and type in KQ. I guess that's not so bad. Wow, high praise. Bump, rump, bump. Now oh, we're rocking out, man. Sure are.
2: Makes hey, me let's... makes me want to have a mustache. Oh, I got yeah, a mustache. You got a mustache, yeah. so you probably and the space in my teeth. Oh, I got the space in my teeth too. <laughs> and I
0: got a mustache.
2: Go. Hmm. <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Interesting. Are you? Freddie Mercury never <laughs> Mercury? died. He just became Ralph Basham. Yeah, yeah became Ralph Basham.
3: Do you do have exactly extra? Right. Do you have extra teeth? Then we'd know.
2: Did he have extra teeth? Yeah, he had extra molars. Well, he did. What what extra it? or well, just extra. he had his wisdom teeth? Extra. No, mm. so he had four extra molars. So he had. F-
0: yeah, his mouth was all weird. Remember? Yeah, he had yeah. extra teeth. Maybe that's why he could sing so. Maybe great. not molars. I
3: know it he had extra it teeth. It wasn't though.
2: the heroin and the drug use. The IV drug use. <laughs> I wow. know it was
3: extra teeth. I can promise
2: you, he had extra. He teeth. had supernumerary teeth for them in his upper jaw. Additional <laughs> incisors.
3: Incisors.
2: Okay. Huh. Aren't those, those the pointy your ones?
3: pointy ones? No, those no, are the, they're front the ones. little ones next what to the pointy the, ones. Those are the wolf teeth? canines.
2: He had, he had four, canines. four extra yeah. ones? Four
1: extra incisors, yeah. oh, apparently. How the hell did that happen?
3: Just on top?
2: You
1: got yeah, the, well, I got to see a picture of this. What?
4: I got to see
1: a picture. Wouldn't it be great if you could meet him today? You walk up and go, you know, I don't I don't care about the gay thing, but those four extra teeth. <laughs> That's just <laughs> gotta weird. Go. Gotta go. Yeah, sorry.
3: Wasn't there an. Oh, sorry. No, I found out. Um... That we can get if Fawn's tooth falls
0: out, or to her, her cracked tooth, we yes. can get
3: her. Uh, she's a fractured tooth. She fractured her tooth on Sage's forehead. Yeah, a
0: yes, co- a, a midair collision.
3: Yeah. While
1: escaping, <laughs> trying, trying to escape from mom, by the way. She was doing the monster chase and then she was yeah, running they away. Smashed so each other. Anyway, <laughs> they smashed into up Anyway, I can get, get her a
3: denture. Up. Yeah. Yeah, like a baby tooth denture that fills the hole. Why would you do that? Because. It can, if you have a giant gap for like two and a half years, all your other teeth can shift. But
1: she'd make, she'd make a good hillbilly anyway. She won't lose her teeth for two
3: more years. Earliest kids will lose their teeth is five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. It's between four. But it's five and seven. Some kids don't lose their teeth Um, until they're seven. I seem to remember kindergarten. Everybody starts having weird smiles.
3: Yeah, generally it's yeah, like twenty five. so, so damn cute. Yeah.
0: yeah, but like between five and six is
3: average, but some kids don't lose them until they're seven, and so I'm like, if it could be three years of oh. her having no tooth, yeah, I see. I, I mean, would just get her, a, but it's like it's it's hooked onto a retainer, and then it hooks on your she'll molars. Hate that. Yeah, no, you just will. no, you just I my i have a friend whose son lost his two front teeth he fell and hit his two front teeth and they got infected and they pulled mm. them and he wears it every day and he's like a couple months younger than fun there you go <laughs> i remember getting my canines
2: like... pulled when i was a kid but i don't remember
1: why
0: your canines yeah you don't have canines
2: no baby teeth. baby
1: teeth
0: oh you did?
1: Yeah. I remember these. Which things. ones are the canines?
5: Your pointy ones. Pointy
0: ones. That's the
1: pointy ones. We've already gone ones. through this. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't. I hey, look, I got a job <laughs> <I don't listening. laughs> to do down here. But anyway, so
2: that? Can incisor, like, canine, premolar, molar. Because
3: then she can eat like apples and stuff. Because uh, yeah. like without a tooth you can't. And a lot of kids develop a lisp without a tooth. <coughs> oh.
5: I'll yeah, be I'm honest. If you're worried sorry. about the whole
3: movement thing, I have been missing three teeth in my mouth for my entire life. I think you'll be fine. And they haven't moved. <laughs> well, but that's just like how your mouth uh, is made. So you I know? brought Freddie Mercury. She has to. She has to have. I dental two of them. <laughs> I did have baby teeth, but when I came out, I haven't had them since. Well, but yeah, so your mouth didn't have any. This is something that be pulled, and there needs to be room for another one to come in. Yeah. So it's a little different. Okay.
1: Okay. There Thanks. you have. It. <laughs> Whoa, that was painful.
3: <laughs> now no, you man, know. but you can get baby dentures
0: if anyone
1: <laughs> sounded, like, it sounded
0: like Joe Biden. Come on,
3: man.
1: Come on, man. What are he you does a like junkie? to say come on, man. Uh I'll just give you some of the headlines and you tell me the the feeling of the nation today. The take the temperature of the nation. You ready? I'm gonna read you six headlines. cold Okay, you ready? Yes. <laughs> COVID nineteen financial relief talks at a standstill in Washington.
0: Shock of the century.
1: Uh, D.C. appeals court rehearing arguments on Michael Flynn case. So it was already thrown out twice, but they're going to do it again. They're just going to keep just doing it They're never going to give up and stop pissing our money away. Nope. AOC Cuomo in battle over billionaires in New York. Hmm. Russia claims they are first country to approve COVID-19 vaccine. They already got the vaccine. Do Took they? A, they didn't have any COVID patients for all, remember? We don't have anybody with COVID. Now all of a sudden they're the first ones to get through the vaccine. <laughs> Like yeah okay, and the best uh, two headlines of the day: shoveling hate, Kellyanne Conway on White House security scare, Chicago violence, COVID nineteen relief and vaccine efforts. Shoveling hate, um, and then the number one, of course, would be. Uh, look who's footing the bill for Bill De Blasio's policy of housing homeless in hotels in New York. Who is it? The taxpayers. Of course Shook. it is. We're picking up the tab. We so pay get, for everything. They, we pay for
0: yeah. everything.
1: Everything
0: comes
3: from us. But if you go vote today, you get a free pen. So oh. <laughs> your, your tax you dollars. I don't want So it's not a free pen. But at least you get something. Yeah, we'll probably you get a have pen. some sort of
0: surcharge on our homeowners. A home big owners. pen with a cap. A nice
3: yeah.
2: So it was cheaper to give you a pen than to wipe it off.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I know. that's right. Election
2: it's judges ancient. are volunteers.
3: Yeah. Well, pens that's might true. be just as expensive as... You know, a thing a If you can
1: wipes.
4: find
0: those, did you know that uh, the Lysol wipes probably won't be in stock for three years? Three years, oh like God. everywhere. So they're, they're thinking them. like three years.
3: I bought. I needed to buy some for fun school, and I got like the non Lysol. They're like yeah, the better, I got some fake like ones yesterday too. Toxic version ones. I like the Babylon Bee's headline. What's that? Biden campaign warns that for. Debate. Biden will need a mask that completely conceals his face, and he might sound different.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might able just have his ventriloquist handlers.
3: I think you'll be surprised at how well
0: he does. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. It'll we, be Barack
0: Obama's voice. We have a caller. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Who's the caller? Who is the caller?
0: Somebody who had baby
4: dentures. Hello.
1: Who is it? It's Polly. What's going on, Pauly?
4: Polly Pau- from White Cloud. Yes. Sir. Hey, I gotta tell you about how you saved my life.
1: I saved your life or Andy saved your life? Or me. Or Alex.
4: <laughs> well, it was pretty much what Tommy told me about when he grew up in North Minneapolis.
1: Oh, did you you didn't pull um, up too close to somebody's bumper, did you? Carjacking? Uh something like that. Yeah, you don't wanna um, do that, man, I'm telling you. Nah, I wasn't like that. Okay, Polly, what's up? I don't know. This is-
4: Okay, well it's kind of a long story but I'm gonna make it short. Uh neighbor kids came over the other day and they asked to borrow my lawnmower or my weed whacker. They saw me out there, you know, the weed whacker, you sure. know, weed whipper thing. Yep. Zoom 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 zoom. Yep. And then um and I, you know you know, I helped them with that and then they said, Well, your yard's kinda of messed up. I'll help you with the uh I got this old lawnmower we can fix up and and uh we'll get that going and you can take care of mowing the rest of your lawn. Well, then after these neighbor kids left, my phone was missing. I was like, What the heck? Mm-hmm. So I had my iPad sitting there and I used that, and then I could hear boop, boop, you know, it was bouncing around the neighborhood. And then the little neighbor kid comes over and he goes, Hey, did you lose your phone? And me not thinking, I said, Yeah. And he goes, Well, you want me to call it? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, do that. See, I can hear it ringing or whatever. I'm trying to beep, but I can't hear it, you know, because they do that lose your phone thing, it'll make it beep. Right. And um so I did that and then uh gave the kid the gave the kid a number and then he goes, Well it's not working. I need the passcode. Oh the stinker Oh, oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. oh. And, Well guess what guess what happened next?
1: You punched um, him? The
4: phone went off the the phone no. The phone it was a fourteen year old kid. Oh, okay. The phone went off the phone went off the radar, it was gone. I was like oh I'm like why didn't that kid come back and say, did you find your phone? Well, that didn't happen. So I called out. Well, of course, then I have to walk four blocks to go to a convenience store to call the police or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
4: asked him, I said, well, I'll talk to his mother and everything else. And, um, you know, I don't want these kids to get in trouble. I was just, you know, trying to help them out and and that. And, um, look, I heard the police officer talking to him and then he came back over. And then I heard her. She was, um, what do, you, what do you call it? Uh, whooping some ass?
1: <laughs> whooping some ass. Exactly. <laughs> Love it.
4: <laughs> looking, looking, looking for my phone. And um, and, uh, and the police officer, you know, he said, well, maybe I'll see what happens here. And then he left. And I tried to sleep. I couldn't hardly sleep all night. And then the next day I went over and talked to the mother. And um, and she said, yeah, they said they didn't take your stuff. But he goes, but I know that one one of my boys there he's uh he's trouble or whatever. I said, Well I said, I'll give you all I'll give you twenty four hours, you know, 'til nine o'clock I talked to the police officer. I said, if you return my property, everything will be cool. And I'm like, Oh you know, I thought they'd bring it back. Well nine o'clock came and the kids came over, we finished working on the lawnmower. I actually had to walk like six blocks to go get some gasket stuff or whatever to pick right. the stupid lawnmower. Got that all going and then um the uh next day, you know, this is Tuesday and then uh Wednesday morning I go to take a cab ride. I was gone for twenty two minutes and those neighbor kids were watching me and they broke into my house and then they now they stole my iPad. Oh my no god. No good deed
0: goes unpunished.
4: Well trying and then, to do something and then nice. I, I call and I called the I called the police again, and um, this time I called nine one one. Well, it took them like a half an hour to get her. And this is St. Colin, and I I called nine one one back. I said, What's taking? so um And they say, "Well, she's eating lunch." Oh, and, well, this, this, of this, course. The story, story. gets better.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, call in because and, I, I do have to take a break now. If you want to call in in like about. 12 minutes, can you do that? Yeah, we have a guest in our next yeah, segment. Yeah, we have a guest coming up next segment, but if you want to call back for the final okay, segment. Okay,
2: yeah, uh,
4: wait till you, you hear the rest of the story when uh, the current vehicle showed
1: up with their, um, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, if you call right back right at noon, that'll work perfectly, okay?
4: There you go. Okay,
1: thanks, thanks a pal. lot, Polly. We will take a break, be right back, our special guest up next with the family. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, the owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner, they hit it off, and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business. Why not bank with my banker?
5: LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Not quite ready with the guest yet?
2: We are ready. Oh, you
1: are already? uh Look at him. You want to talk some professionalism here, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I have to say.
2: Not professionalism.
1: In any (laughs) case, ladies and gentlemen, John, everyone, how you doing, John? I'm good. Thanks for having me. My son is very professional. Did you hear that part?
5: I heard it, yeah. It sounded very, very professional. Okay. <laughs> I'm
1: glad yeah. to hear what that. we're, That's I'm glad. our aim. John, I tell you what, I'm having one of those days, because I do a morning show in town as well. I'm having one of those days. All my guests are really good guests today. I talked to, uh, God, who did I all talk to this morning? It was amazing. The people lined up. Judy Gold's going to be on this show later. I love, Judy is one of the best female comedians ever born. Well, one of the best comedians, actually. But So you're just, it's... Cool. You're, that, you're, that's the par- bar low, you know, real low
5: for this one. Oh, so I can wedge in in the middle. Yes, yeah, so
1: if we could just start it off, you know, with John, and then we'll go up from there, you know. <laughs> Correct. No, hardly not. Be- Beyond Valor, a World War II story of extraordinary heroism, sacrificial love, and a race against time. John, could I just bring it? I saw something on TV last night. It was, what, VJ Day yesterday, is that right? That was yesterday, yeah. right, VJ Day? On the news, they had a 100-year-old veteran who was wearing his, his veteran's he was hat. He so cute. A hundred years old. His wife is sitting behind him, but she falls asleep during the talk oh, on oh television. Well, she's probably uh, like,
0: I've uh, uh, never heard these stories <laughs> yeah, before. I've
4: never <laughs> heard
1: this story before. For real. Hearing it for the past 80 years. Yeah. Yeah, I... But, John, the reason I bring it up, he's 100, and he's talking, and she fell asleep. And at, at the end, the, the, the host goes, well, is there anything else you'd like to add to what you've said? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I got something I want to add to the end of it. If you don't like America, I'll come over and help you move the hell out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fantastic. I'll help
0: you pack.
1: He's 100 that's years old. <laughs> great. Man. I thought you'd like that one, John. I thought you'd like it. That's- That's pretty fantastic. Uh, I I
5: wouldn't put it past him. 100 years old. That's incredible.
1: Now, I also uh, want to congratulate you. Uh, Amazing, a thrilling and poignant story of patriotism that all Americans can be uh, stirred, moved, and encouraged by. One of my favorite people I've ever met, Gary Sinise, wrote that about you, about your book.
5: Gary is an incredible American, incredible friend. Love that uh, guy. I had a chance to do a couple films with him. Um, uh, And... He's just a, a truly spectacular, like, lives up to the hype. Makes you feel, like, just not good enough as an individual because he's just that good. Like, he's, uh, he's one of the best people I've
1: ever met. I've yeah. been, I've been really I, I hate person. those people. You know, you're, you're
0: too nice. Exactly. Yeah, she's she's that's my
1: lovely wife. Far too nice, John. Far too nice.
0: Make you look bad.
1: Very quick story, John. Uh, last time I talked to Gary Sinise, uh well, not last time, but a couple of years ago, I'm talking to Gary. He, it's when he was doing the Cadillac commercials. He was the voice of, uh, voice of Cadillac, and they used a uh, Led Zeppelin song, right, uh, for their for their music. And he calls me. He's all excited. He's like, "God, this is the coolest thing that ever happened." I said, what was that, Gary? And he goes, you know, I go on the set, uh, you know, for the new Cadillac. They're coming out with the new model of it. And and they said, hey, you want to go for a ride? And I said, just go and hop in that car in a passenger seat. There's already a driver. And I got in, and, Tom, you know who the driver was? Man, it was Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I said, you're Gary Sinise. What the hell do you care? <laughs> what a great yeah. guy. Great guy. He's a great
5: he's a. Whenever I work with him, um, he uh, – he's such you know he's not only a great actor he's a great director he was like my in when he was my age and uh, and so we would do these scenes uh last time I directed, he was in and uh, and i would just bring him in and be like you know hypothetically gary if you know just hypothetically if you were directing this movie uh, what would you do <laughs> i would just listen it in and just do that basically cuz it was always like well i'd put the camera over there and i'd focus on this and i'm like Sounds great. Let's do that. He's just really, really a generous person and a great collaborator and he's a great, great guy. He uh, just is. Yep. So, yeah, we've, we've, it's, been, we've, it's been good to sort of build a relationship uh, with him over um, over the last decade.
1: No doubt. Beyond Valor, uh, there is a, a pre order link, amazon.to slash 3FMBAD9. Uh, Matter of fact, we'll put it up on the site because some of them are capitalized, some are not. So it is uh, amazon.to slash three, small f, big M, small b, big A, small d, and the number nine. Uh, it comes out a week from today, but you can, you can pre order today, correct?
5: That is correct. I'm a delinquent creative, but that's what I've been told and
1: told to say. <laughs> <laughs> told yeah. To say, okay, I well, that. I
5: believe that's right.
1: Okay, well, we'll, we'll handle that. On April 12, nineteen forty-five, a fleet of American B twenty-nine bombers flew toward Japan. Their mission was simple: stop World War Two by burning the cities, factories, military bases of the Japanese Empire, thereby forcing an unconditional surrender. Yet the mission did not go as planned. On board one of the B twenty-nines, the city of Los Angeles, a phosphorus bomb detonated inside the plane. Oh my God! i will start stop talking there because from here on it gets really amazing
5: yeah you know it's it's incredible um this is a story of my own grandfather and uh and the medal of honor is of course our nation's highest award uh military honor and uh and to our knowledge this is the fastest presentation of the medal on on record because uh this phosphorus bomb erupted in an airplane, uh, B twenty nine Superfortress, my, my friend was a radio operator, and he had a choice to make, which was to try to save himself or sacrifice himself to save the lives of his crew. phosphorus but burnt through steel, horrible stuff. And uh, the one was almost superhuman. He he uh, he went for the bomb and picked it up and began carrying it through the center of the plane. So um, then, uh, throw it out the, the window. They were they had fallen into a dive. You know, it was really just a question of was the plane going to explode because there were six tons of bombs aboard or crash into the ocean. And uh, he got the window, threw it out, and uh, they pulled up at 300 feet. And it started this irregular series of events that was sort of unprecedented. this race against time to get him the Medal of Honor before what they fought was his, uh, you know, before he died. And uh, and it just started this incredible story. And uh, I remember sitting... I was chair of the trial as the president of the Medal of Honor, Honor Society. And um, and he just said, so many of your generation doesn't understand what the Medal of Honor is, what it means, uh, and how rare it is, and, and what going above and beyond the call of duty means, and how intrinsic that is to being an American, you know. And uh, and he said you need to remind them you know, of your generation by telling the story. And so I, I just think we owe a huge debt of gratitude. Um to our nation's heroes, and um, I'm a storyteller, so this is the way I can um, contribute to that cause. I remember when I was probably six, seven years old, my grandfather let me hold his medal, and um, I had no idea what it was. It was gold medal with a blue ribbon, and he said over my shoulder, uh, freedom isn't free, you know, and uh, it took me a long time to understand what those words meant, but... Uh, uh, but I, I, I finally got there, and it really wasn't until his funeral, uh, when I was a teenager, I, I, I knew him well, but I just did not listen to his stories as I should have. That you know, you just had that moment where it's like, who was my granddad? I remember when a bomber dropped below the, the cloud cover and tipped its wings, and yeah. you know, and there was just incredible military honors. I felt like I had just complete instant wave of guilt. I felt like I had sort of missed the boat and uh, and not listened as I should have. So it started this quest. Um, To discover his story and, uh, you know, culminated in his book.
1: And uh, I hope people enjoy it. John, way to go. You made my wife tear up. Way to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, (laughs) uh, My my father's 93, and he's also a World War II vet.
1: Highly decorated World War II vet. You
5: you know, I hope that one of the things that will happen uh, when people read the book is they'll just just take some time, especially right now, you know, there's not a lot to do. uh, Take some time to discover your own legacy and listen, especially if you know one of those few members of the greatest generation that is still with us. Um, what they did, what they endured, and what they gave us is so extraordinary. And uh, it was just an incredible, me- incredibly meaningful journey in my own life and uh, helped sort of me shape my own views of myself, my work, and, and I just I can't recommend enough take, taking the time to to stop and listen. I didn't do that, as I should have, and so that led to going on a journey around the United States and uh, to, to sort of discover the story. Um, but they have so much to give us as a generation, and I oh, think yeah. there's so much that, that has been forgotten. And uh, they had such a grit to their generation and such a courage to their generation that it's really needed now um, to listen to their story. So I hope that happens more.
1: It is amazing. He was 23 years old at the time, is that correct?
5: Can you imagine doing yeah, something like real. that? That young. In fact, he had just—he <laughs> and my grandmother had just—they um, um, uh, had—they'd been married for three months before he went. He was a really good-looking guy, and uh, you know, one of the, my favorite parts of the story is when he came back. He had endured um, a ton of surgeries. He had gotten down to about eighty-five pounds. A lot of the, oh. the, a lot of the wives in the burn ward would abandon their husband. They just couldn't. Take it, you know what they saw, and that was his biggest fear. And my grandmother came up to him, didn't know the extent of his injuries. Um, he was horribly burned on the right side of his body. If you think about like Phantom of the Opera, like you know that like, he, has, like I've got a, he, he would take had pictures with just about every president after that, and like I've got one with JFK, uh, and he's he sort of shied, uh, shielding the right side of his face, you know, right. and uh, right. it was horribly burned. So she found the only she walked in found the only unburned portion of the left side of his cheek, kissed him, said, welcome home, I love you. And she just, she, she just saw through, you know, all the burns to the, to the, uh, to the man she loved, and, uh, and that's what gave him the will to live. And they had uh, five kids after the war, my, my, my dad being the second, and uh, just an incredible love story. In fact, the final piece of the puzzle that she would never let us read, um, she had a stack of the love letters that he had written her from the war and when she passed away she left us those letters and that was that was the final piece of the puzzle and i think the heart of the story and a lot of those are in the book it's just a beautiful love story you know on all all fronts
1: that's great john now you made me tear up well way to go (laughs) way to go so john two things uh when i was 23 I was living with my mom, so <laughs> not not quite as <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <right>.
0: valiant warrior.
1: <laughs> just what a valiant guy! And uh, just when I, when I was 23,
5: I was an idiot. So yeah, how do you do something like
1: this at the age of 23 years old? Exactly, John. I uh, I also do a morning show. I'd like to, to have somebody reach out and have you on the morning show as well. It's got a lot of ratings, and people would love to hear from you. Oh, I'd
5: love to be on. I, oh. I, it's a privilege to to. Uh, to be able to tell this story and it's a privilege i'm a it's an incredible life that that i that I get to live because people have enjoyed the film uh like uh like I can only imagine and, and things like that so we we are in your debt and in your service and thanks for making people aware
1: of the of the book not a problem at all and by the way, just because of pure genetics, remind me never to get in a fist fight with you okay
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know if I would win that <laughs> <laughs> I think you're overestimating me. I can film a good pit fight. I <laughs> yeah, there you go. You get I know, that. Done. I know some stuntmen that would uh, destroy me, so I don't. I, don't, well, I think you
1: might isn't. be pretty safe, John. What a great honor to talk to you, and and God bless your your grandfather. I, we need a lot more people like him on this earth.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a bunch, and uh, yeah, I, I think the more of the more we can take the time to uh, remember my grand my granddad used to say, "I'm not a hero." The the men and women that didn't come back, they're the heroes who wear this medal for them. The more that we can take the time to learn our history, to learn these incredible stories of heroism um, that have given us the freedom we enjoy, I think we'll be better for it, and uh, we we should never forget. And uh, So this is my contribution, but I hope people take their own journey. uh, Absolutely. And uh, we, we all have a story to learn.
1: John, I'll reach out. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for your time today. All right, God bless you guys. Take care. God bless Bye-bye. you too, sir. Beyond Valor, a World War II story of extraordinary heroism, sacrificial love, and a race against time. Uh, pre-order. It's, it's out a week from today, but you can pre-order at Amazon. It's amzn.to slash 3, small f, large m, small b, large a, small d, the number 9. You can pre-order today. It's out in a week. John Irwin, Beyond Valor, the name of the book. We'll be right back. We're rocking out, man. So I actually have
2: a related question that I'm assuming none of you are going to be able to answer. Okay. We're not as dumb
3: as you think we are. Thanks for all of the support. Do you know a
2: lot of military metal protocol?
3: Yeah. I taunt
2: So in the description, it says that, I don't think we got to this point, they were... Going to award him the Medal of Honor, but it says there were none available in the Pacific Theater. Huh? What the hell does that... I mean, yeah, can't they just make mean? a medal and, you know, say, there it's you drink. go, There's here's your her medal. Here's your bottle cap. That's weird. Here's your cap. I mean, you know, you can so melt not. something down make a medal out of it. I don't know. Wouldn't you think? But apparently they had to... Go a thousand miles and steal one from a display case to give it to him. Really? Because apparently they just well, could not make or get. A well, metal.
0: it's the military, so everything is, you know. It's true. It Cost five
2: hundred yeah. million dollars to make one more medal. Stacks
0: of paperwork yeah, right. to get. That anything. is true, I right.
2: suppose. Yeah.
0: A friend of mine um, was stationed in Germany with her husband. He was in the military, and he was in charge of inventory.
2: Mm. And
0: if they had eighty extra mattresses, they just went in the dumpster yep. because it was so hard to, to reconcile all yep. <laughs> the inventory. Right, right. They just tossed it away rather than try to find out how they got eighty extra mattresses. Yeah.
1: You mean like mail-in voting? You mean like <laughs> that? The eighty oh. extra votes?
0: Yeah. How many? Ba- how many uh, fake IDs are we up to from China now?
1: Yeah, for you know, between thirty
0: thousand that I've heard of.
1: Two thousand twelve and two thousand eighteen mail-in ballots, mm-hmm. between 2012 and 2018, 28 million went missing. Mm. 28 million Nice and little, reliable. <laughs> and, and we're going to count on that for this election. Well, That's think, great.
0: Think of all the times you've mailed something out and it never got to its yeah, destination. for real. What First happens all, yeah. to that stuff? Right
1: now, mail takes at least uh, two, three days longer than it used to, up to a week to two weeks longer than it used to.
0: Why is that? The carriers are still there. Yeah, it's but still, I, don't think, I don't. They get don't have
1: it. any budget at all. No, they are Worried about getting COVID, wow. so could, How?
0: Okay, so Amazon uses our postal system to deliver things for
1: free. Yes.
0: Well, not for free. Right? It's
1: almost free. Yeah. Okay,
0: so why are we doing that? Why are we allowing
1: this? Because Amazon this? pays a whole lot of tax. Yep. Yeah. Do they? Yes. Oh, he doesn't pay any taxes. I think he might. You probably should look that up. I don't think I don't they, they think pay he taxes pays the way they taxes. should. That guy is one mm. a scumbag. First of all, he never even had an original idea. He took someone else's idea, and now he's the richest man in the world. Yeah.
0: When you're, God a, bless when him, you, can, whatever. When you can donate as much money as they can donate, you can get away with right. murder.
2: What'd you come up with, Andy? In 2017, Amazon paid a billion dollars in income tax. How a billion much did dollars. did they make? That's pretty good. And what did they make?
1: About 200, 300, 400 billion? I don't know, don't care, because Paul, called him. That is about maybe. I bet you it's about a half a percent of what they made. I, they, I guarantee you they made more than two billion dollars, maybe yeah. or a hundred billion. I mean, I bet you they made a hundred billion. Know. Anyway,
4: Paulie, whatever it is, Polly back to
1: finish his story. Polly.
4: Hey, Ed, how y'all doing?
1: Marvelously hey, Ed, well. Hey,
4: I want to ask Andy a, a question, and maybe Catherine too. Andy, what was
2: your grandpa's name? Don. Is. Is, so, yeah, well, yeah, he's yeah. still around, but yes. Oh no,
4: oh, I, oh, well, I guess
2: I said was. Um, yeah, I should have said is. Well, I mean, to be fair, I, I think like eighty, ninety percent of World War II veterans aren't alive anymore, so you know. It's a oh, fair I assumption. You it's like Ninety-five yeah. to ninety-nine. Yeah, you know, some of the greatest percent.
4: people I ever met in my life. I used no to doubt. We be two beer with them at these little bars in the country. Yep. Okay. Now, where my uh, story left off was, I think I finished off when the part where my iPad got stolen and my house got broken.
1: exactly right. Okay.
4: So, yeah, my house got broken too, and I called the police again. And they took a long time to investigate. And um, I shouldn't say a, a long time, they, they took a short time to investigate. They went and talked to all the neighbors' houses, they talked to everybody else. But I said, I know it was the people in that house that did it because they were the only people that had been in my house. And why would they only steal that one thing? I mean, there was very valuable stuff around. They just wanted that one thing. So it was, it was kids doing it. So um, I, they uh, said, well, we'll investigate. We can't do much about it, this and
1: that. Uh, I let
4: it go for a little while. Then I got really pissed. And I called the police and I said, hey, you better do something about it because you know there's something going on at that house. There's people in and out there all the time, everything else. And I said, I don't feel safe. And I kept calling back. I was on hold for an hour and a half before I could talk to the sergeant. I said, do something about this. Well, 4.30 Friday morning, I hear a boom. Oh. What the hell was that? And here, um... They called police got this, uh, as they called it in the movie, um, Bruce Willis, and they, when they were taking the Nagasaki building, the police have an RV. And they, uh, they raided their freaking house next door.
1: They raided the house.
5: Well. <laughs> well.
4: <laughs> and I was like, this can't be about my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you can play enough. I mean, I guess they call that white privilege or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, that would be but, white privilege, yeah. But, the phone, the like, holy shit. So yeah, this FOT team goes in there and, and I I don't want to get into the horrific details about what I heard um, the mother and stuff say what her kids and everything they were in there it it, it it was it, it was heartbreaking. But, um, oh man, and then uh, the next day, these other people are coming up there and they're like helping to move their stuff, because I don't think anybody there got arrested. They were. I called the police and they said they were looking for guns, drugs, and oh, and we added that on the bottom of the warrant for <laughs> so my stuff. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking to this guy that... Came over from across the street. I was gonna go over there and like say, "Hey, you know, I'll buy your kid a bike or something," because I think they took that. And uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I don't have any money to to um, you know feed my family and this and that." I'm sorry, I shouldn't be doing that. Um, the the, the man asked asked for money because he said he couldn't feed his family,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and I said, "Um, I said, well, that's a pretty damn nice watch he got there." Oh, I like. Goes, it. Oh, you want to buy that? You want to buy that for ten dollars? And I'm like, that's a several thousand dollar watch. And I said, a guy that can afford that watch should be able to feed his family. He goes, Well, I'll just feed to the store. And then I remembered the Tom Bernard story about your friend with the jacket.
1: Yep. Saying,
4: I want to try my jacket on. And I went, Oh my god, this is this is bad. Yep. It's, it's tribal, and um, and they don't – I don't want to use that word, they. Um, the person that was trying to rob me didn't think they were doing anything wrong. Oh, they and did And I just realized, well, you had told me about where you grew up, and yep. um, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Tom Bernard, Tom There
1: you go. Well, you made it through, Paulie. That's the important thing. You got through it.
4: Yep. Well, you know what else? Um, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world right now, but what I think about when when you were talking about, um, when Andy was talking about his grandpa and um, all the letters with your former guest, the John Irwin guy.
1: Yeah, yep.
4: Um, That's what made me think that, you know, man, you know, it could be a lot worse. Right? Absolute, absolutely,
1: absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. He didn't have to pick up a fox for his balls right out the window.
4: Yeah, we don't have to bring up
1: a gun. We got to put on a frickin' mask and um, exactly. you know whatever. So, I don't know.
4: Good luck to you, I guess. Exactly. And by the way, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna mention one more thing. There's something called that my mom did. My mom and dad are both still alive, thank God. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing called a legacy letter. It's like a workbook that they can go through, and they can write down stuff and then pass it on to their grandchildren. Ooh. It was kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom started doing it, and she's not a writer. I mean, she's only got a eighth grade education. My dad got the same thing. He got sent out to go work to support the family and everything else. And um, But these legacy letters, they tell their story about how they grew up and this and that. And that knowledge doesn't get passed on anymore. I mean, most cultures, you know, like here in America where, you know, a kid dies, it's it's really bad. In other cultures, when an older person dies, it's, it's even worse because that's the knowledge that, that gets passed on.
1: Yep. All right, Paulie, I appreciate uh, so, you calling. Thank you for giving me credit for saving your life. I feel much better about myself now.
4: Yeah, don't ever let anybody tie your jacket on.
1: <laughs> I'll never <laughs> do it. Thanks a lot, Paulie. All right, bye. All right, bye. Yeah, very briefly we was talking about. A friend of mine moved here from Pipestone, Minnesota. He became my friend because he was working in radio. We go over to uh, a hamburger joint on Lake Street in Blaisdell, and uh, it was a White Castle. It's not their fault. So I drop him off. He goes in. I said, I'll park. I'll just drop you off. You go in and place our order, and then we'll, uh, uh, we'll bring it out, and we'll leave. So I drop him off. I go to park the car, and as I'm walking up to open the door, I see three... Young guys, three young troubadours. Uh, and they're saying, hey, let me try your jacket on, man, to this this friend of mine. And he starts to take it off. Uh. And I go, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> what are you doing? He goes, this guy wants to try my jacket on. I said, Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk <laughs> to these three guys. You're going to go and sit in the car, and I'll be right out. Why? I said, just do that.
3: Just do so
1: it. So I said, fellas. I grew up over on Plymouth Avenue. Don't ever do that in front of me again. You got it? And they went, okay. I, they didn't even try to start any trouble. It's just You, just, you jacket, got the
0: street cred with the Plymouth exactly. Avenue. <laughs>
1: exactly. He, he would have never seen that jacket again as long as he lived, I'll tell you that, because he would have tried it on. He, one guy takes off, the other two step in your your way, and you never catch him.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Don't and hopefully your ever. wallet's in the jacket.
1: Hey, yeah. let me see that watch. Let me mm-hmm. see, Oh, can I try your watch on? Man, that's a Who great one. Who would little... ever
0: just let somebody? They used to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, got to take a break. Judy Gold, our special guest. I love Judy Gold. Looking forward to it. Next hour with the family.